Welcome, everyone, to episode number 26 of Kicks at the Castle. It's a podcast by three sneakerheads dedicated to that Disney lifestyle. As Walt would say to all listeners of this happy podcast, welcome. My name's John. I'll be your host, and I'm joined by the rest of the Kicks at the Castle team. We got Irv. Yo, what's going on? And we got Matt. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Uh, and this week, uh, we're excited. We're joined by Steve Anderson. Steve, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Hi, everybody. I'll give uh, everybody a quick, quick rundown. Um, Steve is former Disney animator, um, but a director and uh, basically got a super cool Disney story to tell us. So uh, (laughs) looking forward to getting to that. Um, We've got a great show planned this week. We've got our normal fit of the week feature um, on world versus land. We're going to talk roller coasters uh, and cheat code. We're going to talk about day planning. We're going to catch up with our recent trips on property. Irv's got another plant-based option of the week, and we're going to play a few games with Steve before getting to know him better. But uh, first let's jump into pickups um, Matt, you want to lead us off? Sure. Only got a couple of pickups this week. First that came in was the Ooh. Nets or the Brooklyn Nets dunks. Um, very nice quality on these compared to the other dunks I released this year. Like the the toe box is like that tumbled leather. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys can see, and also on the check, and then I can see the like, tumble on this. On yeah, really, really nice. Um, I wasn't expecting that. And then the the toe box has like that plush leather. Um, I know last week I had the the navy championship highs, and like those were like that plasticky leather, but this is definitely that that plush um, leather. And then the second cop that I got was the I got lucky on uh, exclusive access Ooh. on confirmed the. Uh, the Yeezy 450 cloud white, crazy looking shoe. Looks like a dumpling, um, but yeah. I had man. the black pair, remember? <laughs> yeah, I do remember those, but yeah, wild, wild and crazy shoe. Did you, did you get your size? I did not get my size. These are 12 and a half. So these will be on TDHB shop. Honestly, I kind of do want a pair just because, I mean, these look like a, like a good workout shoe, but I mean, I could tell like it literally, it's, it's like a sock. Basically. You know, that's what turned me off is that that sock collar on it yeah because like it feels like you should wear it without a sock but then it's you get it all sweaty and grimy yeah tay uh or tayvon has has these and i asked him he's like man like these are it's literally like a sock Mm. and they're they're comfy does all the like scalloping have a uh like is it is it just aesthetics or does it actually have a a does it do something for the the fit or with the... I think it's just aesthetic aesthetics. I'm looking inside right now and it, oh, it yeah. doesn't act like a cage. Yeah, it doesn't act like a cage. It's just okay. aesthetics. Huh. That's cool. Oh, nice. That's a cool pair. Is that, is that all you got this week? That's all I got this week. Yeah. All right, Irv. How about you? I did not have any shoes, but I do have a Disney pickup. Um, I was telling John I've been in Atlanta for like a week. You know, my mother-in-law loves to go to Goodwill. That's like her thing. So um, we went through there and I found um, Disney Planner. And oh, nice. It has mm-hmm. all the dates on there. And it has a place in there where you write in, like, the trips you did for the week or for the month. So nice. I know you're a planner, so I'm sure you get a lot of use out of that. You guys are always, you guys are very regimented. <laughs> yeah, and we um actually, and we went back and, like, tried to fill in all the dates we went. That way we keep a track of how many times we went in the past year. I want to actually like see how many trips we make. See, that's why you got to put it in your story. That way you can go back and find it. Oh, yeah, I need to. That's a good way to record it. <laughs> but um, that's it, man. That's all I got. Nice. Steve, how about you? Did Disney stay, take any of your money this week? Um, no, I mean, other than our Disney plus membership, I uh, haven't been to the parks in a while. A couple, it's been a couple of months I've been sent to Disneyland. Um, but uh, yeah, that's all I got for Disney. 
Nice. All right. Well, I uh, I picked up a couple pairs. I got uh, another pair of center courts. They switched up the box. It's actually a normal size box. Got the Wings <laughs> logo on it. Um, this is my favorite new silhouette. I got the olive green. Oh, got a hit nice. of orange on the back. I've got these in black and white. And uh, actually, I have two pairs of white because I got a fresh pair for next year. And I am super excited to wear these. And I actually just ordered a bomber jacket to go with this. So... Um, that's definitely actually, the john shoe yeah i was gonna say that's your, that's your signature shoe now right it is my shoe it's like it's a, like i'm transitioning <laughs> from the three and it's actually a more for a more affordable shoe and i had a uh confirmed win Ooh. and uh my son took a look at these and he said uh you can sell those we got the mx oat easy I, I like that color though man I like, I think it's cool. Yeah, it's different. You know, it's like honestly, it it's like, um, it's like the sesame seed color. And then it's got, you know, like a, a hit of orange and a little bit it's of like yellow. marbling or something. Yeah. Going on. Pull that up there. Yeah. See it. A little bit of yellow in there too, along with the blue and the orange. And actually the laces, I don't know if you can see, they actually got a little sparkle to them. That is not really showing up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for pickups this week. Uh, let's jump into the fit of the week. Every week we pick a post where we were tagged or someone's used the hashtag kick the castle. And this week it's, uh, what is it? Scene Elms and it's Cody and he's at all-star movie resort with the uh, mighty duck T and the grape fives. Definitely a fire fit. Love those shoes. Um, got the, got the fresh Prince vibes with those. I was, uh, yeah. that's what yeah, I, you know, I mean, obviously that's what yeah. I'm over that. So, uh, no, you want to be featured, man. Yeah. If you want to be featured, uh, just use the hashtag kicks the castle or tag, tag us in your uh, Disney fit picks, whether you're in park or not. And uh, now uh, I know Irv's ready. I did a little research today, so I'm ready to Irv. Oh, um, we're going to jump into uh, Land vs. World. And every week we pick a landmark or an aspect from Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resort. And we decide which park has it better. And this week we're going to talk about roller coasters. So Irv, man, what, what, do you, what do you got to say? I know, I know, I know you got, actually, should we go Matt? Matt's, Matt's always, a, Matt, you want to start us off? I'm going to have to go with Disney World because just because exactly. I, I feel like we have more and yeah. more that are different. Um, I mean, we have Mind Train. Everest and rock and roller coaster. Um, the only ones I can think of that you guys have that we don't is Matterhorn and Incredicoaster. Um, I mean, hey man, we got Goofy Sky School. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty similar to um, the one that killed people at your parks and you guys couldn't fix it. So you had to well, the one down. that's closed now. The one that's uh, I can't even, demolished. <laughs> I can't even think of the name. Herb, help me out. Um, Primeval World. Primeval, Primeval World. Yes. Oh, yeah. That one. Have the Disneyland guy. Um, I mean, it's rides, pretty much so. the same, yeah. but I mean, just for, I mean, just that the three different coasters that we have, I think that just surpasses Disneyland right there. I've, I've noted, I've noted your argument. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to let Irv, Irv, do you, do you bring anything else to the table? Um, I, I mean, I really share his sentiments. I think that not only do we have more, it's definitely a better variety. Like even like um Slinky Dog, we just it, it's it comes down to the reason that you guys lose a lot of y'all battles. It's just smaller. You know what I mean? You don't have the space to have these types of roller coasters. You know, it's, do you not agree, John? It's it's quality, not quantity. Steve, how do you how do you feel? Have you, have you been to Disney World? I have, yeah, many times. I mean, there certainly are a greater number in Disney World. I agree. I love things like Rock and Roller Coaster, which we don't have obviously out here. I mean, Matterhorn, just as like a classic Disney ride and, and a ride that, you know, Walt actually was like really the first roller coaster that Walt Disney himself built. I'm very proud that we have that here at Matterhorn at uh, Disneyland. That said, 
like it, when it comes to mountains with snow and monsters inside of them, uh, Expedition Everest is pretty darn cool. I don't know. I guess I'm on the fence. I guess I'm being kind of lame because I'm, I love them both for what they are, but I love the classic nature of a Matterhorn, I guess, um, being, a being a Disney purist that I am. Free chiropractor too, I guess. What's Man, that? Free chiropractor. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. I mean, comfort is a whole another topic we could talk about. <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to start off with Space Mountain and Big Thunder because we have the superior version of both of those rides here. And you can say what you want, or you know it's true. You guys have superior Big Thunder. I, I wouldn't say space. Oh, space. We got space, man. Our Space Mountain is a minute longer than yours. Just because just because you have two tracks doesn't we make it Two tracks and we have you more that drops. that stupid T-bar. You ever try to <laughs> put a backpack on your lap and pull that damn T-bar down? I mean, you guys, you guys have speakers. I mean, that's pretty cool, but... <laughs> So, I, and we they, we turn it in. I like drops. So you like drops. Like well, but I mean, if you guys, if you guys had more drops, maybe. But I'm have to go with Disney World. Yeah, for sure. That's great. So what I'm saying is, <laughs> we've got the better Space Mountain. We've got the better Big Thunder. You know, we we didn't we didn't break our Goofy Sky School. Yeah, that was you guys <laughs> that broke yours. Um, <laughs> we'll call the Gadget Go Coaster and the Barnstormer a wash. Um, yeah. I'm not going to pretend like the Matterhorn is better than Everest because Everest is awesome, but our Yeti is way better than theirs. You guys, you guys got a move. You guys have a really bad Yeti. I'm sorry. And, you know, I, I think that Mine Train and Slinky are, are really nice coasters, you know, that I wouldn't necessarily call them thrill rides. I mean, I feel like those are appealing towards the younger kid, not young kids, but the younger. And I, I'm not a big fan of rocking. I don't think that that, I mean, I, I go on it when I'm there, but it's not like it's a roller coaster I look forward to. I think the Incredicoaster blows that one away. But, uh, I, you know, I think that, yeah, you guys have more quantity. I think that we have better quality. Um, like I said, and the reason we did this is because you guys have Tron and Guardians coming. So I won't be able to, I don't even know if the, the quality argument will hold up in another uh, six months. Yeah, it's, so. let's ask this question again. Uh, no, no, summer 2022. We asked, we, yeah. we asked it now. <laughs> and it barely holds up now. You, how long you, this, is, this is your argument for everything. It's quality versus quantity. You, you, well, it, I mean, it, have you watched the Imagining Story where they talked about building the Matterhorn and the history that goes into that? Do you guys have a basketball court inside of Everest? <laughs> I was going to say, that is pretty cool. That's so, cool. Basketball yeah, court is pretty saying. cool. That's what I'm saying, Irv. <laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with the roller coaster. We, we're talking about roller coasters. That <laughs> ride is not it's better It's within than the Everest. roller coaster. It's not it better first, than Everest. It was the first, uh, what, the first, um, I'm trying to, uh, my son is a huge, by the way, see, we have this, I have this cup from CoasterCon. My oh. son is a huge roller coaster enthusiast. It's been several years since I've traveled with him to CoasterCon. So I'm sort of rusty on my roller coaster terms, but Matterhorn, like you're saying in the Imagineering story, I can't remember what you call it, but like it's the first, it's the tube, the first bended tube track, right? Oh, okay. The yeah, first yeah. roller coaster that was made with those, with, it's not the, it's not like the the track, like a, you know, the squared off like railroad tie kind of track. Okay, yeah. it's, it's historical. See Matterhorn. It's yeah, history. Irv, Irv, Irv doesn't care about history. Irv, Irv, Irv <laughs> he, he has, he, you know, sentimentality, nothing. No. I mean, it only has so much weight. You know what I mean? It can't be the reason you make every decision is based on sentimental value, right? You can't. It cannot be. An know, when you when you walk down Main Street Disneyland, you Here feel it. Go. You know, Walt, Walt built it, and you can feel it. You what know, they got to do with these coasters? What they got to do with these coasters, John? Uh, that's the saying. 
I'm just saying that the, the, the Matterhorn, I mean, hey, it's not smooth. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that the right track is better than the left track. I went today and got the left track and I was disappointed because I like the right track better. Okay. When did they stop the mountain climbing? I don't know. That's a good question, right? Because I've seen, you know, you see, you used to see people climbing it randomly throughout the day when you were in the park. Oh, it was guests too? I thought it was just no, like, no, 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 special. It was, oh, special people. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, th- I, don't think, I don't think that you could sign up for that, Matt. I mean, that, now that would be dope. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do that. That's how you make Matterhorn better. You let us know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, anyway, all right. So, that's another win for us. I like it. No, no. Team Disneyland. <laughs> I would say that's a draw. It's not a draw, Matt. It's not a draw. They lost. Well, that's a draw. All right. All right. So, I, I vote for, wait, so, I vote for win for Disney. Irv votes for a win from Walt Disney World. Matt called for a draw. Steve? tiebreak disneyland disneyland see disney wins we win we win we horrible win. <laughs> west side west side <laughs> all right <laughs> so let's jump into cheat code so for for those who don't know we actually did this exact same one last week and we recorded for two and a half hours so we cut cheat code out so we're going to chop up the same thing that we did last time and try to get done quicker so uh each week we come up with some uh trips some tricks and tips to help you out with your park trip or uh, sneaker cops. And we're going to talk about uh, park day planning. So uh, Steve, how do you do, how do you like to plan your trips? Are you, are you wing it or do you, do you plan it out or how do you do? Um, for Disneyland, pretty much just, just wing it. You know, um, it seems to be changing a little bit these days with the reservation system, but it was nothing better than, you know, randomly on a Saturday or Sunday, just going, Hey, let's go to Disneyland and just back, you know, get in the car and drive them down there. Definitely when we go to Florida, we're a little more planning, planning oriented um, because it's a, you know, not something we can do all the time. But uh, as the years went on with our Florida trips, we definitely dis- realized the value of planning downtime because we certainly when my son was, was smaller too, it was like, go, 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 go. And we realized, no, we got to at least find one day. We usually there for a week, at least find one day in that week where we're not doing parks. We're maybe doing the pool. We're maybe doing Disney Springs or something, but we're, do- we're like, it's a real slow, slow day. Cause boy, does that get exhausting you know i need i need to learn that trick because I, I am like <laughs> i'll rest when i'm dead kind of guy I'm, I'm paying to be here i gotta right. maximize and then, yeah i understand you know, my, my my wife and my kids sometimes like yeah we need a day off <laughs> I'm, I'm bad at that or irv you're, you're the planner man tell, tell me how do you guys how do you guys plan your day and it's crazy because like steve said we when we first before we moved down here we would definitely be like oh we're gonna go all day long we're not gonna miss any time but um, we've come to the point now where um, we actually like plan time to chill where, you know, even if, you know, we're going to go on a Saturday and we're going to do all day, we might take out like two or three hours where we'll just go to a resort, maybe eat, um, let the kids play, something like that to where it's not just walking around the park. But, like That's kind of like the most important thing with them. Now, if it's um, me and my wife, we might have some things that we want to do, like, oh, we're going to eat here. We'll settle around that during the day or um, like last week when we went to Hollywood Studios, we just wanted to watch the shows. So we just pretty much just hit all the shows and then do it like that. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty specific with the kids or with like, you know, if something coming out, like we want to do Rise, we want to make sure we do something like that. We might do all around like that. But I feel like the biggest change is staying all day is kind of like a no-go. We'll either start 
first thing in the morning and end kind of early or maybe do a late afternoon and do an evening but i don't know when the last time we was like all day nice how about you matt i don't know how i can answer this question because or help anyone listening because i'm definitely wing it guy well, that's all Disneyland. right. I mean, th- that, that's got its merits too, man. Yeah. Disneyland, Disney World. I mean, it just, I don't have kids yet. So <laughs> I just wing it. Me and my girlfriend just go and just go with the flow. So for me, I like to like get a reservation for something, you know, I mean, it used to be the fast passes, but you know, for dining, like I, I like to get a dining reservation and just kind of work my day around that because especially if I'm local here at Disneyland, you know, I, I don't have to, you know, if, if I look at, you know, if, if, if space mountains, 85 minutes, well, I'll get it another day. You know, I, I'm not waiting for that, but you know, and actually lately we've been trying to get different restaurants that we haven't eaten at trying to, I'm trying, I'm trying to do more of that dining and, and experience more of the resort. So I, you know, I, I kind of agree with the wing it strategy, but I kind of like to have a plan in there for at least one thing you know, what, you know, what I want to try to do. Um, That's probably the thing. I think if we do plan, particularly when we go to Florida, if we do any kind of solid planning, it's more the dining thing. It's like, cause there's, there's, we usually, we kind of have our list of places we really love to go eat. We want to make sure we go to those places um, when we're there. So I guess that that's a good point. That's probably what we structure more is what we got to get to the Brown Derby or we got to get to, uh, the beer garden or we got to get, you know, whatever it is. And I guess we're more wing it when it comes to the rides, like whatever we get, whatever we can get fast passes for, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, or, you know, whatever I stand by line. E plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so like you, you're saying that, so my wife and I, we have our favorite restaurants too. And so we, you know, the jungle skipper canteen, man, we've been, we last couple of times we've gone there and we're like, all right, I'm purposely not going to get a reservation there because I want to try something else, you know, because that's the other, you know, like, you know, out here, it's like my wife really likes the French market. We could, and she could eat the French market every time we go to Disneyland. Well, we ended up going to Batu and eating at uh, the cargo bay and she found something there that she really likes. And so we're like, all right, we need to, we need to spread it around. So, you know, like the Carnation Cafe, um, what I've got, I, we just went to the Storytellers Wine. I have a reservation for wine country. So I, I'm going to try to, like I said, continue the the freewheeling trips, but mix yeah. in these reservations. That's kind you know of about, the, the focal point of the day. You know about the lobster rolls back by, back by Haunted Mansion? Do you like lobster rolls? I do like, where are those at? So across, so like, let's say you just exit Haunted Mansion. Right. And right ahead of you, there's a little. There's usually a little merchandise kiosk, and then the, the um, Columbia would be maybe Columbia Harbor House right there. Mm-hmm. Right to yeah. the if you just sort of go to the left, uh-huh. there's a little there's a little counter service place. Okay, with some tables, and they've got they've got really good lobster rolls. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. That what is it? Disneyland, or Disney World, Disneyland. Oh, I think I know which one you're talking about. You no, know, they're, yeah. they're actually pretty. I actually have it there. Yeah. Uh, if you if you I've been there recently, and they've actually got a whole to the right of that stand. They've got a whole bunch of stuff boarded up, and I heard that they're putting oh. more dining area. Oh, that's that's right on the river. Hmm. So uh, probably to so who knows what they'll do with that restaurant if they'll expand. Yeah, 
expanding it. Yeah. Retheme it or whatever. But uh, no, I'm going Saturday. I'll uh, I'll check it out. I'm up for that. All right. So that's that's cheat code for the week. Let's catch up with uh, our recent trips on property with trips and drips. Um, Steve, you said it's been a while. When's the last, when's the last time you got into the parks? Um, I think for Disneyland, it was maybe it was in May and uh, Disney World. My gosh, it's been a couple of years for me. I think um, at least two or three years that I've been since I've been in Orlando, which is kind of unusual for a while there we were going every year but um sorry my cat is playing with a little ball um but yeah just with with work and everything it's been a little bit harder to get out there but but yeah i think may was the last time we were at disneyland here out here so what uh so tell me about a, what, what's the typical park day what did you what do you would you like to hit the rides you like to people watch i mean i have to do well i don't have to but as far as rides go it if I, if I'm going to make myself, if, if I'm going to like force rides, like we have to, we cannot leave without riding these rides. It would be Indiana Jones, Haunted Mansion and Pirates. Those are my top three rides just in the park in general. Um, they're con- and they're conveniently located by each other. They are. It's really great. They're just all within, they're all neighbors. Um, and then the rest of it's like, then we can just do whatever we want. Like everything else is gravy for me. Um, yeah. And I, I love going down. It was, well, when I was, when I worked there, it was great because we had our main gate passes. So it was, it was really great sometimes just to go down there and not ride anything and just let it be a, a relaxing day of walking around and going to shops and snacking on food all day and just people watching. That was always fun. I couldn't take my, if we were with my son, obviously we could do that because it was ride, 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 ride. But that's fun too. All right, uh, Matt, did you get on property this week? I did. So yesterday, I uh, went to Epcot. I wore the Ochre Foam Runners again. Um, met with some friends. Uh, just for We just went in the evening for like a couple hours. Um, we met up with them at the Mexico Pavilion. Started off with some chips and queso. Everyone else got some margaritas. I got a nice H2O on the rocks. Very refreshing. Then my girlfriend wanted to try the chocolate lava cake at the Ireland booth, which is uh, which was really, really good. Um, it's basically a chocolate lava cake and on top is like a uh, like a Bailey's cream sauce on top. It was really good. It was like warm and the chocolate was like all melted. And I also got the fisherman's pie, which I've been wanting to get since food and wine started. And I haven't had it in a while and I was craving it. And for those who don't know, the uh, fisherman's pie is basically like a shepherd's pie, but instead of like beef and um, peas and corn, it's uh, it's seafood. So it's like scallops, shrimp and lobster and then mashed potatoes on top. It was really, really good. Um, and then after that, we just went on test track, which was the first time I ever w- went on test track while the fireworks were going on or harmonious was going on, which is really cool. And then today... I don't know if you guys saw my story, but we did a little resort hopping. So not didn't go to the parks, went to the resorts. Um, yes, Sean, you can do more than just go to the parks at Walt Disney World. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so at Fort Wilderness, they're doing this thing called Food Truck Roundup, which is really cool. Um, basically, there's like a few food trucks that were basically in the back Fort Wilderness, or I think they call it like the settlement post. And yeah, so basically, it's a whole bunch of like, local uh food trucks too so it's not like disney owned food trucks which i thought was was really cool um they had like a a mac and cheese food truck there was like a mexican one but what we went with was uh was the pizza cone one because you know disneyland um 
but yeah, I got the sausage and cheese cone. Um, my girlfriend got like the regular uh, just cheese. And um, the real winner was the, they had a Ferrero Rocher, or I don't know how to say it, but like, you know, those like hazelnut chocolate balls. Yeah, it was basically mm-hmm. that, but it was like a frap. So think of like the Ferrero chocolate balls mm-hmm. in a milkshake, blend or like blended in a milkshake. And it's like, a lighter and not as thick as a milkshake, but it was a drink. It was so good. 10 out of 10 would recommend. But yeah, it was really cool because, I mean, obviously they're all like local local food trucks. And then after that, um, we hopped over to uh, Port Orleans French Quarter. It's their first day um, where they reopened and we had to get the beignets just as good as Disneyland's, you know put it in the the paper bag, shake it all up, get the powdered sugar all over, and man, so good. Well, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. Nice, nice. It's not like a good time. Yeah. How about you, Irv? You making on making property? No, like I was saying earlier, man, um, since last time we recorded, I got up the next morning and uh, went to Atlanta, and I just got back, like, last night. So I was there for, like... So you didn't run over there for lunch or anything? No, man, I had to do some real work today, so... I couldn't um escape, but um as soon as I drop the kids off tomorrow, I'm gonna go into some magic kingdom, man. There you, you go. Know, try to get some magic in me. So uh I went up Saturday and it was kind of uh an afternoon trip. Um we had a had a, a dinner reservation for Storytellers Cafe. We um my wife and I met uh Hector Amario up there and had dinner with them. And I hadn't eaten at Storytellers Cafe probably in 15 years. And I want to say it was probably a breakfast when I went. So I I did not really know what to expect. I looked at the menu a little bit online, but uh, I was really surprised that it's actually a buffet. Like they're not like serving you at your table. You actually go stand in a line and get food on a buffet line. I didn't even know that was a thing anymore. I mean, in in the age of COVID, Um, they had quite a selection. Um, They had uh, had some fish, Um, they had a carving station, they had turkey, they had prime rib. Um, they, they did have some plant-based stuff, Herb. I didn't have any of it. I did have some mashed potatoes, but a little bit of salad. I, I did I did, I did, did feel like I needed some roughage, but uh, the dessert was great. Um, they had a bunch of little desserts. Um, they had like a peanut butter cup, um, some cookies. They had a bread pudding. Um, it was a pretty nice spread. And like I said, we, we had a good time. I, I took zero pictures. Um, we just, you know, enjoyed the time, chatted. Um, we probably got up... Um, we probably got up there about two hours for the reservation. We did a couple of rides. Um, we had Haunted Mansion. And uh, what's funny is um, there's there's a popcorn stand right by Haunted Mansion. And uh, a few trips ago, when I went and got, I got a refill of my popcorn bucket, uh, Alexis works there and she follows me on Instagram and I, I follow I follow her as well. And she, but she recognized, she's like, hey, I, I think I follow you on Instagram. And like, and I told her who I was, oh yeah, definitely. And so every, so every time I go over there, whether I get popcorn or not, I see her working. I always make sure I say hi to her. And so we didn't, we actually forgot our popcorn bucket and we were, I was kind of bummed. And uh, we got in line from Hunter Mansion and uh, I saw her, I saw her and she, I go, Hey, how you doing? And she waved, she waved and was like, Hey, and uh, we, we kind of start working our way. Cause the line was around that center garden piece where the tree is. And uh, she caught my eye, like, Two minutes later, she's holding a refill of popcorn and she's going like this. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so she hooked me up with some popcorn. I get back over to my wife and the guy behind me is like, how do I get that? <laughs> 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 I 
magical moment right uh, there. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Casting <laughs> making magic for you. So definitely, definitely worth a note. Um, I uh, I shot her out my story. I didn't say anything about the free popcorn, but I did. Uh, I did post that. Um, we didn't really do much else. We uh, we we went over to uh, went over to um, California Adventure, and I, I think we did Little Mermaid and just kind of walked around a little bit. And we decided we wanted to go do the Fantasyland rides. So we kind of worked our way around Fantasyland and hit the road. It was a it was a nice little trip. Um, I, don't, I don't know if we were there six hours or not. Um, but it's kind of back to what it used to be, you know, back when I was. Can you stop scratching yourself? Sorry, that was my dog. Side <laughs> um, it's kind of back to what it used to be, where with an annual pass, you know, it didn't have to be this grand, you know, 14-hour day. You know, you mm-hmm. just go and, and enjoy the time. And um, so today I actually played hooky. Did I mention I wore the cool gray threes on Saturday? Wore the cool gray threes. Um, so I played hooky today. Uh, my wife needed me to do some shopping. She had some presents she wanted to give some people at work for Halloween. They do like little, they have friends or buddies that they do things. So I, I went and got a couple of wishables and twist my arm, you know, go to go to Disney during the week. <laughs> I ended up picking her up one of the holiday doonies while I was up there because she'd been looking at those um, or the natural gray ones. And I figured as long as I was there, I might as well hit a few rides or I, I am back to back galactic heroes. I hit it Saturday, I hit it again mm-hmm. today. Um, Today was 1,284,000. Um, I will say on Saturday, the, the, the thing glitched. I hit, I maxed out, but when I went to the screen, it showed my score was zero, which was weird. It usually, usually they'll give you an exact score. Um, so my wife doesn't do a lot of the rides. So I hit Star Tours, hit Space Mountain, um, hit, uh, hit the Matterhorn, went back to the car i think i was i was on property less than three hours it was it was really nice it was it was cool to get up there um and actually i didn't eat any food um which was kind of a bummer i, I wanted to i actually wanted a tattooing sunset but it's kind of in a hurry I, I wanted to beat the traffic which i did and uh, i figured walking all the way back to galaxy's edge would not uh would no not. in and out either i didn't even hit it no man i was i was so i got on my car at 120 and rush hour kind of starts at 2 30 and i'm and i'm an hour and a half without traffic so i was right on the front edge by the time i slowed down a little bit in la jolla um but i made it home in an hour and 40 minutes so i didn't hit much traffic but if i would have stopped for anything i would have i probably would have taken another 45 minutes to get home so Next world versus land traffic. Traffic. Yeah. <laughs> no contest. Right, right, after, right, after we do, right after we do the weather. <laughs> so that's it for me. So uh, let's jump into Irv's plant-based option of the week. Every week, uh, Irv makes a plant-based selection for those looking for some uh, food options in park. Uh, I know you didn't get on. Do you, do you have one for this week, Irv? I do. Um I was talking to my wife trying to figure out um, which one to do. There was a, what well, probably the best um, impossible burger I had on Disney property. And it was at Beach Club at Beaches and Cream. Um, it comes with a plant-based mayonnaise, caramelized onion jam on a multigrain bun. Um, it was pretty expensive. It was 17 bucks, but it was a really, really good burger. And they also have um, chili cheese tots like at Hollywood Studios. And um, they're pretty much the same. They're pretty good with the plant-based cheese, plant-based sour cream, and um, green onions. 
it was nine dollars but um yeah i feel like if you want to get a good impossible burger and you not well shit i don't even know if you can get one beside at restaurant source animal kingdom i think that's the only place like only theme park where you can get an impossible burger but um yeah uh, you can get it at um cosmic rays and i think um abc commissary i feel like the red rose tavern at disneyland has an impossible burger i'm not sure i think i think the um the one at hollywood studios is the beyond burger i'm not sure about cosmic rays or not i think cosmic rays might be impossible you might be right about that one it might not be impossible but it might just be a plant Plant base yeah no brand yeah 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 i am a um I am an impossible burger fanatic. It's probably like the best burger. Oh man, it's totally off topic and I won't do it after this. They have some chicken nuggets that just came out. Bro, they're good. Impossible Impossible chicken nuggets? nuggets? Yeah. Hmm. I got some at Walmart. What? I got to tell Emily about that. She's (laughs) really into like plant-based like nuggets and stuff. They're good, bro. And it was like $5 for the bag. It was pretty good. You went to Publix? It was at Walmart half. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was at five dollars, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just checked. No, no impossible burgers at uh, Red Rose or at uh, mm. at uh, what's uh, the Galactic Grill? They've got a the only plant base they have is a veggie wrap at the Galactic Grill. Veggie wrap. They got mm. some cauliflower something over at uh, Red Rose. So, how much is the veggie wrap? Just out of curiosity, the veggie wrap is say twelve bucks. It is nine seventy nine. That ain't bad. That's not bad. Then you get 15% off with your pass. Oh, that's a good price. I'm not, I was ready to complain about pricing on vegetarian food. And look at that. That's a good price. Yeah. So all right. Well, thanks for that, Irv. Um, I think it's time. I think I think it's time, Irv. Are you are you ready to jump into some Disney or Dadney? Let's do Disney or Dadney. All right. All right, Steve. Brace brace yourself. Irv's got some questions for you. All right, man, we got eight questions. Um, I usually start off with the time, you know, the major question. I don't want to ask you this because I, I, I know it's where you're going to leave, but I, I still have to do my job. Um, Disney World or Disneyland? <laughs> um, uh, you might be surprised. I, I think I would choose Disney World. Uh, only I love Disneyland. Irvis smiling grew, hard right now. <laughs> I, grew up, <laughs> I, I, I think my parents are, we went to Disneyland when I was really young. So I have no, the first time and I have no, I don't really have any memory of it, but we did two trips when I was older um, to Disney world. So really my first memories of going to Disney parks are Disney world. Granted at the time, the first trip was only magic kingdom existed the second trip, Epcot had was like a year or two old, um, so it wasn't quite the same then as it is today. But my my early memories of Disney parks are actually is is the, are the parks in Orlando. So, from a nostalgia point of view, I would say Disney World. Oh, look at that! Nostalgia brings one to Disney World. I like it. <laughs> Sorry. Like it. <laughs> Sorry. Twist the feet. Sorry, my fellow <laughs> Californians. <laughs> All right. Um. Next, I would like. Let's see. Um. Um. Donald or Goofy? Goofy for sure. I don't know. I, I I I love them both, but I've always been a Goofy fanatic for some reason. Well, fanatic might be too strong. A Goofy fan, let's say. Sorry, I misspoke. Churro or Dole Whip? <laughs> uh, Dole Whip. 
parade or a castle state show castle state, state show parade yeah i would definitely go for a parade um are you a fan of the newer mickey mouse cartoons or the classic mickey mouse cartoons uh i have to say i would lean more and more to the classic i think just because again that's that's what i have the nostalgia for because that's what i grew up watching and that you know i think the new ones are really awesome and i love the the style and the you know i love what they what they are they're great but i would say i would definitely be more of a traditional mickey mickey guy all right and the new ones are are they're they're pretty funny (laughs) i like (laughs) i I love the style i um i went to school with the guy who who stylized the show the um and and i think he was a creator of the new show um and his work has always been incredible so i love the i love the work um the look of it and yeah they're great for sure me and my wife were just talking about the other day and it's um when we started like really watching like disney disney channel our kids are really small so we watched a lot like the mickey on funhouse and the clubhouse Mm -hmm. you know like that just wasn't good but like these cartoons here they are just like i don't know they're funny and within like those three minutes like we really like the whole family really be the rolling so I like yeah. the, the new ones, man. Yeah. Let's see. We talked about Epcot a little bit. I thought we got more into it. But um, when you, you think about Epcot, would you rather do um the Food and Wine Festival or the Festival of the Arts? Uh, food and Wine. Yes, I love food uh, my, we're, our, my family's a big food and wine uh, goers. <laughs> food and wine family. There's nothing more fun than being there and just walking around and doing the different booths in the evening. And I, I, that's so much fun. You know, I do, I do have a shoe question on here. When you um, shoe, thinking about shoes, do you, are you more of a just the same type? I get one shoe, I like that shoe, or do you venture out and try different styles and colors? Uh, I'm more of the A, I'm more A than B. Um, I'm, I mean, in general, just as a human being, I'm a creature of habit and I tend to just like go to the same thing over and over again. And if, if it works, I'll just my change. I'll just yeah. If that one pair of shoes runs, uh, you know, uh, has holes in it, and it's time to get a new one, I'll just go get the same kind. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm kind of boring that way. <laughs> All right, that's it for Disney then. So uh, now we're Matt is going to test your Disney trivia. Are you ready, Matt? Are you ready, Steve? My Disney <laughs> trivia. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> Question number one. Name five non-IP Disney rides. Non-IP Disney rides. Uh, Haunted Mansion. Pirates. Well, I guess rides that aren't, or I guess rides that don't have a movie or or a TV show. Oh, so Haunted Mansion and Pirates would not count. Yeah. Got it. Um, Mark Twain. Does that count as a ride? Got it. <laughs> um, uh, test track. Um, does it have to be one park or the other, or can it be? Uh, it could be. It could be any of them. Um, Worldwide. Uh, doesn't have a movie associated with it. That's hard now. They're adapting, making yeah. movies out of everything. <laughs> um, okay. Um, let me think one moment please hold rocket jets or astro orbiter whatever they call them these days um 
Well, Space Mountain, right? There's still not a, a movie for that. I forgot. I lost count. Where am I? You're at four. I'm at four. Yeah, one more. Um, and the Indy Speedway. The Magic Kingdom. All of these films won Oscars for Best Original Score and Best Original Song, except was it Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Tarzan, or Pocahontas? Score and song? Yeah. Uh, One of those did not. I'm going to say Tarzan. Yep. Name all Monsters, Inc. attractions at all Disney parks. Oh, dear. Um... Uh, there's, I don't know what it's called, but there's California Adventure, Monsters, Inc., Dark Ride. Um, there is the Laugh Floor in Magic Kingdom. And there's... Was there one in Paris? Tokyo. Tokyo. Sorry, that one I'm... I've, I'm only more familiar with the two, the Florida and the California one. So the last one is Monsters, Inc. Ride and Go Seek. That's right. He's in Tokyo. I should know that having worked on Monsters. (laughs) What hidden Easter egg can be found on the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh in Disneyland? Uh, The uh, the three mounted uh, heads, like the the deer and the buffalo and the, was it a moose? I forgot what the third animal is. Uh, but they're from Country Bear Jamboree. They're still mounted on the wall in the Winnie the Pooh ride. Yep, that's correct. All right, next question. Ursula agreed to change Ariel into a human for how long? Was it one, two, three, or four days? I don't remember, so I'll guess three. That's right. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Three is the everything comes in threes in movies. So. <laughs> <laughs> Last question. Name five rides that are at both Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resort. They're at Disney World and Disneyland. Um, and they can be anything, right? Not There's no restrictions on IP or anything. Right. Right. Uh, Haunted Mansion, Pirates, Space Mountain, Big Thunder, uh, Splash Mountain. Yeah. They should have done 10. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet he would have knocked out the 10 easy too, though. <laughs> Is there even 10? I don't even. I'm sure. Oh, down. Oh, 10 rides that Mark are Twain, shared. Um, Dumbo. Dumbo. True. Yeah. Small World. Small World. Star Tour. That's it. Thanks for playing the Disney hype trivia. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Good questions. All right, well, let's get to know you a little better. Why don't you, why don't you start out with uh, your Disney story? How did the love for Disney start for you? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I I was on a strict diet of Disney movies and, and television specials and the wonderful world of Disney, all that from when I was a little kid. It took me it, it took me until Star Wars for me to actually see a PG movie. And, and I remember coming home from school and my sister saying, we're going to go see Star Wars. And I was like, no, it's PG. We only see G movies. <laughs> and so growing up in the seventies, obviously the majority of the G movies were Disney movies. Um, and so I, and I just, I, I never, I never, a lot of people go through that phase where they love Disney as a kid. And then there's those adolescent years where they're kind of like, ah, eh, Disney's not cool. And then maybe they go back to it when they're adults. 
I, I never really had that period. Um, I always loved Disney live action movies, Disney animated movies, the classic ones, the new ones that were coming out, even though during the 70s and 80s, some of them weren't so great. I loved them regardless. Um, and of course, you know, Disney animation was really the thing that made me want to draw. Um, I, I've never quite understood why, but um, I, I, when I would leave the theater with my head buzzing after seeing, you know, the latest Disney film or a re-release of Lady the Tramp or Cinderella or something, I would just want to go home and draw those characters. I, you know, whether I really knew what they looked like or not, I just, I would make them up, whatever. It just, I love doing that. So it was very, really inspired me to, um, to become an artist or cartoonist, I should say. And then ultimately become um, just a, a filmmaker in general, wanting to write and direct uh, movies. Nice. Well, that was that was gonna be my next question. So you segued into it. So, how did you get into it? Like, did so you had a natural art ability, or you something you worked on? Did you go to art school? Or uh, I, I mean, I went to Cal, I went to uh, there's a school called California Institute of the Arts out here in um, in uh, Santa Clarita, California, which has one of the leading. Um, animation programs in I would say the world I think one of the one of the top programs uh, and it was a school that was um, kind of founded by Walt Disney back in the 60s early 60s and um, and he blended all the arts together so it was it was music dance art film and something that I'm forgetting uh, theater um, so I went to that school um, because the animation program was 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 um, heavily sponsored by the Disney company, so uh, and, and industry teacher industry professionals taught at the school as well. So it was really, particularly at that time, it was really the only place that you could get that kind of direct industry contact. Um, uh, and so um, I was very lucky to get gotten accepted. I would have just kept applying after year after year to get in. Cause that was like, I, I, that was where I had to go um, to learn animation. Uh, so I got in and um, had a great couple of years there. And then that led to um, getting out in the industry, um, getting my first job. Was your first job with Disney or did you work somewhere else first? No, my first job was uh, on a, on a classic animated film, non-Disney animated film called Rover Dangerfield. I don't know if anybody's familiar with this movie. If you're familiar with the comedian yeah. Rodney Dangerfield, uh, this was a movie starring Rodney Dangerfield, but as a basset hound, just what the world needs. Um, uh, but that was my first job. Uh, I was an animating assistant. Um, and so I was doing what's called rough in-betweens, where it's you're, you're filling in the, the missing drawings for uh, the rough drawings for um, the animator that I was working on. And then he very gradually would get me small little scenes of my own to animate uh, in Rover. Um, so that was really the first, that was my first industry job. And that, that was a, a studio called Hyperion Animation that made Rover. Um, and so I stayed at Hyperion for a couple of years and I got to do a lot of different things. I animated some more. I, I got to do storyboards on some television. First time I got to direct um, a, a really not so great TV show, but it was a wonderful experience. It was like a, a amazing crash course in just how to make animation. 
Um, and I'm forever grateful for those four years I spent at Hyperion because I got a great education in uh, animation. And then that's when I uh, made my way to Disney. How, how does that work? I mean, I, I don't even know enough about it to like, so how do you direct a cartoon? How does that? Clearly it's not the traditional sense. Right. I mean, you know, in, in it's, it's shepherding the project through all the different um, departments, being aware of schedules, obviously being aware of budgets, being smart about that kind of thing. But, but then also um, what I find is my primary job as a director is to uh, create a safe space for the, for the artists and the, or, or whoever it is, not just the artists, the production management, anybody. Um, my job as a director, number one, first and foremost, is to make sure everybody feels safe to be able to contribute, to do the best work that they can, to invest, to be a part of the project. So you're not just a wrist, like, you know, this is my part of the assembly line and I do this line and then that goes on to the next person and they do that line. And because I've been there and a lot of people have been in those kind of jobs and they're not fun. Um, so uh, I like to see that as my primary function is to create a safe space for creativity and, and sounds corny to say, but fun. Cause we, cause you know, it has to be enjoyable. We all have to enjoy what we're doing. Otherwise the product suffers. You, you can tell when a crew hasn't enjoyed their, the work that they've done when you see certain, you know, outcomes. So, so uh, when did you make your way to Disney? So 1995, I started um, and my first movie was Tarzan. Um, and I started, that was a big so one I, to start with. It was, it was, I, I was really, um, it was a great movie to cut my teeth on as a story artist. So having, uh, having uh, done all that stuff at Hyperion, um, I had the opportunity to go storyboard at Disney, which was something that I always thought would be, I never thought I'd actually be able to do that. So to get that opportunity was really cool. So I was three years on Tarzan as a story artist. Is that, is that a typical length for an animated film like that, a three-year run? Yeah, we usually we usually say like in general from start to finish an animated feature at Disney takes about three to five years, somewhere in there. Some can be less, some can be more, but that's kind of the average. So for the story end of things, three years, I mean, I was on it from literally the directors hadn't even signed their contracts yet. When I started, they were still negotiating their deals. So I was literally before day one on Tarzan. And I was one of the last story artists to be on the, on the, on the film. Um, so not everybody spends that much time. Not every story artist will be on for, let's say three years, but, um, but, but they, they kept me on pretty long on, on Tarzan. Would, would the script already be fully done at that point? Or are they still working on it when you're, um, they didn't even, uh, when I started, there was not a script. Um, and I believe a few months after we kind of the, started rolling, then they finally had a first draft and then it evolves like it evolves all the way until you literally cannot, you have to stop <laughs> because the movie is going to come out in theaters in, you know, two months or something. Um, that's the, you know, that's, that's the Disney way is, is, and, and it's, it's right you know, you, you, you never stop making the movie better and every chance you have at any moment to what Walt Disney referred to as plussing uh, something or making it better. If, even if it's just a little tweak or like 
oh, you know, let's just add that one little thing. We still, we got a moment before we have to, you know, send that scene to, to, to lighting or something. Let's just do that one little animation tweak or a little performance thing or subtle little eye shift or we're just going to make that scene better, whatever it might be. Um, you do that up until they pry the film out of your cold dead hands. <laughs> um, so, uh, so the story for, you know, is, is constantly evolving uh, throughout, like, let's say taking Tarzan as an example, my three years on Tarzan, so many different outlines, scripts and storyboard drafts, let's say, or, you know, storyboard screenings, if you're familiar with, you know, the way, the way we take our storyboards and film them and kind of make like a, make like a work in progress version of the movie before you actually animate it. I mean, I don't, I couldn't tell you how many times we went around the bend on that stuff. All the, all the movies do that. So at what point do the voice actors, I, I would imagine the animating takes the most time. So you probably, the voice actors probably do their stuff early on. Yeah. And so they film that, right? Do you, do you guys draw off the voice actors performance when you're doing the animation? Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely. Yeah, it's kind of the line is a little blurry as to like when in the production you'd start bringing people in because because the movies are in such flux and stories in such flux. If you you might cast a, a you know big name actor and bring them in and do a recording session and six months later you've completely rewritten the movie and totally redone it. And so then you're bringing them in again to like start from scratch. And some actors are totally fine with that, but there's also the, just the issue of you're paying them, you know, a lot to just come in and kind of do stuff that you're throwing away. So you tend to, we we do all our own voices just internally, just ourselves, you know, um, as placeholders. And then when you're starting to feel like, okay, the movie's really solidifying, we're starting to get a sense of what it is. And we have some pieces that we know are like tent poles for our, for our film then we'll start bringing in the actors to start recording when, when we know things are a little more stable. There'll always be rewrites and, and some actors deal with that better than others. <laughs> um, but um, for the most part, you try, to, you try to wait until you feel like, all right, this is our story. This is, this is the movie. Save for some execution changes. Uh, this is what we want to make. So what are, what are some other notable projects that you've worked on? Do you have any, uh, any, any favorites? I know, I know you've I looked on your website. You, the, the list of credits is very long. Um, <laughs> Thanks. You were you were the director on a few, right? Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I got to, after Tarzan. I was a story a story supervisor on uh, Emperor's New Groove and Brother Bear, and then I became director and I directed Meet the Robinsons and the 2011 uh, Winnie the Pooh, and then just recently uh, directed on the Monsters at Work. Um, series for disney plus um, i love that show thanks it was fun <laughs> it was really fun to, it was fun to make i had a blast making that show and you know a lot of people say this exact same thing and it's kind of true it's picking a favorite sometimes is like you know pick your favorite child you know you love them all for all different kinds of reasons but i think getting to direct a movie at disney was a huge milestone for me and a, and a real dream come true. So Meet the Robinsons was my first directing, my first feature as a director. I would definitely have to say that's, you know, that really holds a special place in my heart for all sorts of reasons. Um, it was probably one of the hardest projects I've worked on, but also the one that I, I think I'm, I'm the most proud of. 
how is it different working on a Disney Plus project than on a movie? Is it is there? Yeah, well, well, Monsters at Work so was made at Disney TV animation. So I actually did a little sidestep away from features and went over to TV animation to to do that. And the biggest difference between features and TV is time and money with a feature. Like we just said, you know, three to five years, not that you have unlimited money, but you're certainly your budgets are bigger um, when you're producing a feature at TV. It's like, you've got this amount of money and you've got this amount of time and you better go, go, go and make it. And you got to fit into that box. And there's not a lot of, you know, sometimes it features, you can push a little bit and go, ah, oh, but you know, we just need a little bit more here or there to make the movie as best as it can be with a series. Um, sometimes you can do that, but for the most part, you're given your, you're given your plate of food and that's what you got to eat, <laughs> you know? Um, but I like that actually. Um, I, I, there's, there's value in both and having been at features for so many years, I found the move to TV really stimulating and to, to, to have that like, that pace, that that rhythm that you just immediately get into and you just go, go, go. And you're, you know, it's it's you're listening to your instincts on the fly a lot more than it features where you can go, well, let's think about that for a week or two. Or, you know, we don't have to solve that problem today. We can solve it next month because we're not going into production until then. And, you know, things can just get bloated. Sometimes it features. Uh, so I really like that, uh, that aspect of TV. Of TV. So as, as an animator, when you, when you visit the parks, do you look at things differently? Like how things transition from the screen to, to the attractions or is that, I mean, is that something you got your, you you probably have a much different eye than a, a normal person would have on that. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think I, 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 as somebody who really loves just the concept, you know, just the idea of storytelling, just how do you tell a story? How do you communicate an idea or a, an emotion to an audience, of course, we do ours on a two-dimensional surface, be it a, a movie screen or a TV screen or a laptop or an iPad or whatever. But it's also great to see, okay, what is this three-dimensional immersive kind of storytelling? How do the Imagineers and all the the great the great storytellers that that create the parks? How do they draw you in, and how do they use the space, and how do they use color, and how do they use, you know, essentially the same tools that you have in your toolbox for a movie, but they're just doing it in three dimensions. And that, I find that um, really cool. I think what I, I think what I like the most is it's like spending time with your audience, you know, what is particularly, you know, working at Disney, making Disney movies, it's very easy to get caught up in, in what we want and, and us being very pretentious sometimes. And we're like, Oh, but our themes have to be this and that, and it's gotta be meaning. And, Oh, we gotta get our, you know, we, we like to be artists and we like to get all wrapped up in that, but then, but, and it's sometimes easy to forget, like, no, we're not making these, we are making them for us, but we're also making them for the world and for all ages, all creeds, all nationality. Like these movies have to be globally, uh, embraced. So I like going to the parks and just doing the people watching and see what people respond to and what do they notice? What do they not notice about what's going on around them? What are the things that make them excited? Who are the characters that they respond to? I like, I like that kind of thing because it keeps you, it, ke it keeps you grounded, you know? Right. So speaking of grounded, what's the first day walking into Disney Studios, your first day on the job? That's got to be <laughs> super intimidating 
<laughs> it was. Uh, it was weird only because, well, number one, it was my birthday. It was very strange that I got, my first day was my birthday. That was just kind of an interesting little thing. Number two, I literally had nothing to do because um, as I said, the directors hadn't even signed their deals yet. There was nobody else on the Tarzan team. It was just me. So like I had nothing to do. <laughs> I had nothing to do for probably a good month or so of my first. So that said, what was great about it is I could just kind of absorb the vibe and walk around the building and check out all the artwork and, and, you know, recognize people like, oh, that's, you know, those are the directors of Little Mermaid and that's the directors of uh, Beauty and the Beast. And that's the, whatever, those are the, that's Glenn Keane and, you know, seeing all those people and walking all, uh, on the Disney studio lot, which to me was really amazing just to kind of feel that the Walt vibe that's, that's uh, over on the studio lot. So that was a nice thing is I got a chance to kind of settle in and not be, not be like, here, go, 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 go. Um, so I like that. It was a little surreal, but it was definitely intimidating. 200% intimidating. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, just, yeah. just the history of, of that, of that studio. Right. I mean, yeah. Well, and then just that, you know, as a, uh, this was the old days of storyboarding when it was on paper. So it was the, it was, you know, drawing on a, on uh, paper and push pins on the on the board you've seen those you know old pictures of that kind of so you're hanging your artwork your drawings get hung up on the wall next to people that have been doing this for you know 20 30 years and it, like it's not really a especially being a story artist it's not something you can really hide like you do your drawings and put them in your drawer it's hung up on the wall all over the place so so that also took a quite a while for me to kind of feel like, okay, I finally feel, it probably took at least a year to feel comfortable seeing my stuff, you know, next to all these other amazing professionals. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, I can tell you that uh, I, 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 Tarzan is like one of my favorite movies, Mike, because it was my kids really were into that. I've probably seen that movie a million times. So yeah, that's super cool to, to, to talk to you and hear a little bit about, you know, what you guys put into that. Matt, Matt Irv, do you have any more questions? Um, I guess, I mean, you probably get this question a lot is like, how do you become an animator? Or I guess someone that's trying to be an animator, I guess, what what is one word of advice that, that you would give them? I guess it's more like network or just like skill. Right. I think, uh, I mean, on the skill side of things, every, anybody who wants to be an artist in animation, I always just stress personality, character, entertainment. And, and ultimately communication, like you have work, all artists in animation, you're communicating with an audience, you're getting an idea across, whether you're a storyboard artist, a visual development artist, whether you're designing the color script for a movie, or you're animating a scene, it's all about communication. So understand and learn those storytelling principles, how to get an idea across clearly and simply. Um, and that kind of goes hand in hand with the, a little more of the abstract notion that I always tell people is collaboration because animation takes armies of people and you're, you, you are always sharing your work. You are always looking at other people's work. We're always giving each other feedback. Um, and we don't, none of us do it alone. It's all done through a team and you know, oftentimes by nature, artists are a little more solitary and they do their work 
maybe nowadays you post it online or something, but you know, it's my work and I do my thing and, and it stops there. But with animation, it's more than that. It's your work, but your work, how it's fitting into the bigger picture and how it's, it's working with everyone else's work. So you really have to know how to, um, how to work with other people. I know that might sound obvious, but having taught at CalArts for many, many years and kind of seeing how people come out of art school and, and sometimes the student mentality, which I think I had too. I mean, you, you come out of school and you think you're bulletproof and you think you're, you know, you're a genius and that everything you do is fantastic and, and it's all about you, right? But that's not going to cut it when you will go work in the studio. You can do your own, own artwork. You can be an individual still. And, and these days with social media, it's great because you have a platform for that. But when you come into the studio every day, you are part of a team. And so you have to understand how to work with other people and not just be an, you know, be an individual, but, but within the team of individuals, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Also, um, that sun pillow that you have behind you, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you ever stayed at Boardwalk, but they have oh, these oh, yeah. chairs that look exactly like that pillow. Yeah, you Google Did that come from boardwalk? boardwalk chairs. That yeah. Those come things up. are terrifying, <laughs> man. Those are terrifying <laughs> chairs. <laughs> I stole it. I actually stole it from the boardwalk. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Irv, do you have any questions? Um, no, I don't think I have any. I'm just um, I'm glad um Steve came on. I think when I I first made like a Disney Instagram, he was like one of the first people I followed, and um, yeah. I don't know probably like three or four years ago. So it's, it's yeah. pretty cool to um, talk face-to-face. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah, Steve, man, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I uh, really it was appreciate a, it. Thank you. Uh, it was a real honor. I appreciate the uh, invitation. Thanks for letting me hang out. No problem. All right. Well, uh, I also want to thank, every, thank everyone for listening. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review for us. We are Kicks at the Castle. You can follow us on Instagram. Don't forget to use the hashtags Kicks at the Castle. Um, my name is John. You can find me on Instagram at Weekends of Walt. Uh, Steve, how can the people find you? Um, I'm at uh, Steve Hat Guy. Steve Hat Guy, like the bowler hat guy from Meet the Robinsons, but Steve instead of the bowler. And uh, Irv, how can the people find you? I am on Instagram. I'm still at Main Street Dad eating burgers made out of plants. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Matt, how can they hit you up? Uh, you can find me at the Disney Hype Beast or a TDHB shop. Yeah, well, that was uh, episode uh, 26, and uh, we are out. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Thank you. Peace.